time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Thank you for being with me. Um, you know, when one looks at the news these days, one might get the impression that everything is going to hell in a handbasket, that nothing good is happening. There is, we've got a world that is spinning out of control. And you know something? On the surface, for the majority of news that's being given to us, chances are that's what people would like you to think. However, I would like to pause it and have you think perhaps about this that when we look at the news, top news items over the weekend and today, one of them last week was, I believe the company is called Una Oil, and based out of Monaco, which shows years of bribery and huge um, influence peddling to bribe officials in Iraq to get massive contracts for companies wanting to develop things such as Rolls-Royce engines in, you know, to power equipment in Iraq. Well, that got decloaked as a result of a group, I believe it was the Huffington Post Australia. And then we also have, my goodness me, the Panama Papers. And in both of these instances, my gut feel about this is that the world is the, the clarity and the people who are being dishonest are they can no longer hide behind, you know, the wizard and the little curtain. The decloaking device is off. People are now knowing what they're doing, coming forward, and they are no longer going to be able to steal people's money. So I'm quite pleased with that. Another thing in the news I saw of a Beverly Hills, and being in Beverly Hills myself, I'm going to have to do a little more work and find out who this individual is. It is a doctor by the name of Dr. James um, Elist. Now, if you go online like I did, one of the first things that comes up is Elist horror stories. Well, what that's actually referring to is people who use, who are doing um, these lists in order to do editing and the things that they, you know, have had to deal with. It has nothing to do with this particular urologist, this particular physician. But what I found interesting is that he says that he has a whole new style of being able to do penile enhancements for men. Now, previously, if a man wanted to be larger, he didn't have a lot of options. 
Well, there was one where they could cut the suspensory ligaments. Now, most men would be aware of that and women because it, those are the ligaments that go right onto the pubic bone. And they literally stabilize the penis. So with an erection, that's why it'll sort of go in one direction or another because those ligaments hold it there. Now, if you cut those ligaments, what will happen is it looks longer when it is flaccid, so it's like dropped a little bit, but in all actuality, it hasn't gotten any longer. To the contrary, you will end up having a wobbly erection, not normally what most men would want, right? The other thing that we're going to do, a change the size of a man's perceived size of his penis is to lose weight. Ta-da! Then the fat pad that's there is smaller, and um, he's able to see more. Excellent. Another way that had been used prior to reading this thing about Dr. Elis's uh, procedure is injection of autologous adipose tissue. In other words, harvesting fat tissue from one area of your body and injecting it into the shaft of the penis. Now, a couple of things that are a problem with this. One, it reabsorbs, um, depending on the length of time, five months, six months, whatever it may be. But the other thing is, is that it reabsorbs irregularly. So you could end up with a lumpy, bumpy, not-so-attractive-looking penis. And I remember a friend of mine who is gay, and he this is when they had first started using this procedure, and he happens to be British, and he said to me um, that he had been with this individual and had this, that it had this procedure done, and he says, oh, my God, Lou, it looked like an angry sausage. I thought, now that's not attractive. So... The other thing, which is even more extreme, is to use weights and a stretching technique. And really what that does is it's almost like a, a, a padded thing that would fit right up against the, the groin, the, the pelvic bone is. And then there's like a, almost as you would, you know how when you expand a telescope, kind of like that, and you would expand this and it stretches the actual penile tissue. Now, what you're actually doing is little micro tears that then, the, in the same way that when you work out really hard, your muscle, it breaks down and then new muscle is built back up because of you know, the work that you've done on it. This is not muscle, but it is tissue that when it gets overly stretched, then it has to repair itself, and that's the perceived growth. Now, men have been doing this for years, and also for some men, they've even actually used weights on the end of the penis to, again, stretch it longer. So what is, what is unique about, oh, and also some men have used fillers in the same way that women use or people will use fillers to fill in, you know, the, the buckle fold around their mouth or, or elsewhere. They tried those. Again, they reabsorb. So what does, how does illust, or I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, Elist, Elist. Uh, what is his procedure like and why is it different? Well, he's been doing it now apparently for 20 years and has created, in, like when women have silicone implants done, they're like in a bag. It's like a silicone bag. Like if you've ever seen a drawer full of implants, it looks like a bunch of shiny little fish. Um, anyways, he has something that is, Form so it you know if you think of a circle as 360 degrees this is 270 degrees so it almost 
totally covers, you know, the, the, the entire uh, diameter of the shaft. And I will bet that the reason it doesn't go all the way around is so that the urethra, which is where the ejaculate and urine exit out of a man's body, so that the urethra is not compressed. And, but what you are getting is an enhancement of width and of length. Now, here's how the procedure works. Uh, under a local anesthesia, uh, there is an incision of about an inch and a half made in the side of a man's groin. So, and then what is done is that this shape, which kind of looks like a longer cigar, uh, you know, obviously um, hollow in the middle, is placed under the skin of the penis in place and so that, it, you know, it stays in place, held there by the skin. And I'm going to have to find out how it stays in place so it doesn't move around. And but anyways, and then what he says is immediately a man is can be an inch to an inch and a half to two inches longer. So there are some men who are born with what is referred to as um, a microphallus, a very tiny penis. And this is you know in for many men not being able to and. Uh, not feeling that they are going to have a penis that's acceptable will often lead them to do very isolating behaviors, uh, not even having coffee or going somewhere with someone because it could lead to something and they don't, they don't want to risk the rejection. So they've already gone, in their mind, the whole distance of I'm going to get rejected. But So anyways, I'm going to check and I will have the information for next show on how this stuff stays in place, what... Um, and, and speak with them and say, what are the, some of the issues that have cleared up for these men? Because we know also that there are surgeries that are being contemplated for men who have had injuries where they have lost part of their genitals, either particularly in the military. And these, how they ask the question when I work with anyone who is, uh, because I do presentations with a, a panel on... Uh, sexual dysfunction within the military because these are often very young men. Soldiers tend to be young. And their question that they ask is, you know, not like, you know, is my junk working? Their question would be, will I be able to have children? That's the question. So I know for many men the size, I mean, they've been programmed that the size has to be acceptable or and it, and it makes them feel not okay if they've they, you know if they're not the right size and I've always said whoever it is who designs and develops something that can enhance the size of a man that's a that's a money-making thing just right out the door that's a cash cow now he's been doing it this amount of time I'm wondering how many of the men whose pictures are up there on his website are actually the men that he has done things with that I don't know. I would actually think they're probably stock photos because a lot of men, they don't want you to know. They, they want you to see the results, not how they got there. It's kind of like some women. They don't want you to see them putting on makeup. They want you to see the results, but they don't want you to see how they're doing it. Now, when I come back, we're coming up for our first break here. When I come back, I'm going to be going over the are your sex life and your love life the same thing, and then what I'm going to cover in the balance of the show is what your wardrobe says about your sex life 
says about your love life and then what your artwork says about your sex life and your love life. Because I'll tell you, there's something really powerful about when people start getting comfortable with and surrounding themselves with stuff, it gives you a whole story of who they are. We're coming up to the tunes. Please stay with me, and I'll be right back with Love Life and Sex Life. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. February is National Chocolate Month. Historians say the Aztecs discovered chocolate 3,100 years ago, and it was revered to the point of worship. The word chocolate comes from the Aztec word chocolatl, which referred to the bitter, spicy drink the Aztecs made from the cacao beans. The first chocolate bar was invented in 1847 by Joseph Fry. Did you know that it takes one year for a cacao tree to produce enough pods to make 10 chocolate bars? The scientific name for the tree that chocolate comes from, Theobroma cacao, means food of the gods. Man cannot live by chocolate alone, but we women sure can. Personally, I could give up chocolate, but I'm not a quitter. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And Please check out my website, loupaget.com, L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. I have uh, 
some videos up there. I have a free ebook for you. I'm going to be doing more content, getting that up for you. Now, before the break, I said, I'm going to talk about, because people will often use the term, you know, I, you know, I want a love life. I want a sex life. Do I think the two are the same thing? Absolutely not. To the contrary, it's one is an action and one's an emotion. Yet we often sort of mix them together and confabulate, or whatever that term is. And, and when, uh, when really someone, if someone is having sex with someone on the first date, believe you me, that's not likely that they're making love, okay? Uh, they probably don't even know the person's birthday. How would they know if they love them? So when I look at this with people and they're asking, they're trying to figure out how can I find a partner or what, what messages am I giving to people, I start looking at the obvious things on the outside. So the other thing is, and here's the one thing, have you ever noticed how couples, after you know years together, they begin to resemble one another? Now, I'm not saying, you know, matching bowling shirts, although, you know, I know that Kristen Bell loves to do that to uh, Dax Shepard, <laughs> ordering all these sweaters and things that are all the same. But what I look at is maybe it's just the comfort level of, you know, they know what the other person likes and there aren't as many different things that they would wear or buy. So, anyways, here's, let's go on with this. What does your wardrobe say about your sex life. So I sort of divided it up. Now, I don't know, probably the majority of you do not realize that I have a degree in buying and merchandising from Fashion Institute in New York. And my favoriteest class, bar none, was a class on uh, product development because I always find it fascinating how and why things get created. So when I look at what people are wearing and why they're wearing it and how they're wearing it. It is a similar thing to, have you ever driven by those homes and you look and you see all kinds of ungapachka, like like 25, you know, lawn ornaments, and there's all kinds of stacks of things lined up all the way along the whole windowsill of all these little ornaments or little, little tchotchke things. I know immediately what the rest of that house looks like. There's no question, because that is not an isolated thing. And it's also about people wanting to display. It's like people who have a gazillion, uh, what do you call those things, bumper stickers on the back of their car, stating all the things, that you know, where they've been, what they've done, how many kids they've got, what types of dogs. And that is... That's the that's the declaration of, of something about that they want the world to know about them. Well, so are your clothes. So going back to this, I you know, what is what is it likely that your wardrobe says about your sex life? And I'm going to borrow from my friend Brian Salheimer, who actually was the person behind giving me some of the best information on oral sex. Uh, when we were having a latte one day, and he said gay, and he, I, he bragged he was so good, and I said, okay, share it with me. So as a result of Brian, I got all kinds of information. I dedicated my first book, How to Be a Great Lover, to him, and I shared some of these ideas in The Great Lover Playbook, in my book, The Great Lover Playbook, and in How to, how to Be a Great Lover, and in How to Give Her Absolute Pleasure. 
So what I see is, let's say you are someone who always only wears classics. You have a, a jacket, you have a shirt, you have, you have a, a, like your wardrobe is set up that you only have X number of things that you will wear. You might have, I know one woman who she decided in wanting to simplify her life, she got rid of everything except like about five pairs of pants, a couple of dresses, some shirts. There was every single thing was in sort of like a gray, black, white palette. And that, she loved that. Now, I know that she didn't have the world's most rambunctious sex life because I, I knew her through a, a seminar series. Yet, what she did have is she was willing to, she was willing to try things. So people who are the classics, they typically have go-to moves that are theirs. You know, and I was reading this one thing that if whatever your uh, astrological sign is, you know, you should like this type of sex or you should like blah. And I always find those rather laughable because the thing that really tells people what's going on in your life is not your sun sign. It's your moon. So whether that is in standard uh, astrological readings or in Vedic. And in Vedic, it really is, what is your moon? So you've got the classics. So you're probably someone who has some go-to moves, and you're not likely going to be overly adventuresome. But you may be. Now, let's say you're someone who is, you always, you're, you're pretty current, you're, you don't have clothes that you wore when you were in high school, and if you do, it's something that it's a statement piece. You have a you, you you add things and you take things out of your wardrobe on an ongoing basis. This is typically someone whose sex life does that same thing. There is an openness to oh okay let's see what might be new here. Oh let's see is that a new vibrator? Let me see how that is. You are likely to have some absolute favorites, yet you are willing to incorporate new and mix with what you're already doing. You'll try a new lubricant, you'll try a new vibrator, you'll try a new person. You might even be someone who will go, you know, the current thing in college or growing is, uh, let's have an open relationship. Okay, let's try it and see if it works for me. It may, it may not, but there is an openness to what they are surrounded by. What if you're wearing the same things from when you were in, where you felt you're most powerful? And one of the things that I tell people is when you see someone, if they are wearing the same hairstyle from college, the same outfits from 15 years ago, and I say this to people when I'm talking about and training them for media presentations, if you are wearing clothes that are out of date, I do not care how current your information is, it will be perceived as not being current. And that's the same thing that you will be perceived as not being as in step with what's going on now. And that is likely going to show up the same way in your sex life. Your love life may be just fine, but your sex life, maybe it's always the same thing. Um, I remember one gentleman saying, and he was fairly, he was actually very adventuresome, and he ended up marrying someone who he said the reason that things ended between the two of them, he said, if I had to go into that dark room one more time to have sex, I was going to scream. 
Because what he wanted is he really liked his wife's body. He wanted to see it. She wanted nothing to do with that. And as a result, that was like the pin out of the trailer hitch, and the two of them just sort of drifted apart. So let's say you are very trendy, very au courant. You are constantly looking at, you know, you're online looking at Women's Wear Daily. You're checking out what's coming forward with other, you know, sites. You, you've got up powwow and you're wanting to make sure that wherever the newest, you know, clothes or lines or whatever it is, that you're, you know, making sure that you're on top of it. This is also someone who likely what they are presenting as their body, because your clothes market you, okay? And if you want to attract someone, well then, for heaven's sakes, put out a message of who you are. The most appealing people, for most people, are not necessarily the best looking nor the best dressed, but what they are is people who are, are confident about who they are. So even if you're wearing the classics and you're confident, if you are wearing something that you knew looked great, okay, that's, but the real thing that shows up, the, the reason I make the comment about clothes that you wore 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that is where you felt most powerful and it will show up that way, okay? I watched a woman who wore an outfit, you know, this would have been in, you know, 2000 and we were at a, a peer conference and she was wearing the big shouldered, you know, the little wasp peplum suits from the 80s and, and in the high sheen, shiny, you know, and then the large hair. Now, and I have to admit, her information was very out of date, very out of date. And that was something that I looked at and I went, I know that she no longer had a relationship she wasn't wanting to be in, she was wanting to remain who she was back then. Same thing with men who have the same, you know, the, the mustache or the hair or something looks exactly the same as before. That is someone who's stuck in that time zone. Now, we're going we're gonna to be coming up to our second break here, but I want to just sort of touch on quickly, what about if you are someone who likes to do the freaky thing? Let's say, let's say you aspire to be like Marilyn Manson. Um, I would bet you there are things there that are really, those are, that is someone who their self-expression is and their sex life is uh, way more out there than most people would even, would not even be of appeal to people, but they might be fascinated by it, but it may not be something that they could wrap their brains around. So when we come back, I will finish with talking about what your wardrobe says about your sex life and your love life, and I'll go over the things on the love life. But have a good break, and I'll be right back after this. This is Sex 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again. So before the break, I had sort of gone down the list of what does your wardrobe tell people about what your sex life is likely going to be like. So if, you know, whether it's the current styles, mix and match, bring it in, the same thing you wore 20 years ago, no, don't do that. The classics, trendy, if you're looking for new things. If you're wearing like the freak out, you know, like the real freak clothes where you want you you are so statementy. Now the other thing that I often find interesting is when I see women and men who accessorize to death. You know, like that thing where there's a ring on every finger, and they've got so many chains, and they've got you know uh, a wallet. They've got a wallet chain. They've got a, this chain. They've got a, this. For me, is again someone wanting attention. You don't normally decorate your body with that much stuff unless you want attention. And it may be that 
You grew up with that? Have you ever noticed how mothers tend to dress their daughters like them? I remember one time watching a girlfriend of mine, and I was, it was almost like, oh, my God, mini me. That was what her daughter was. And so her daughter grew up wearing exactly the same thing as Sharon. So anyways, let's talk about, so what does your love life look like if you like the classics? You are one solid person, okay? You are there. You know what you're interested in. That's, that's your, you know, this is your go-to person. Now, if you like the same thing that you liked 10, 15 years ago, chances are this would be the person who would go back and find the love of their life from high school. They're a person who's on Facebook seeing if, you know, Durwood is there and can they contact them. And by the way, did you know that now, according to matrimonial lawyers, it's something like up to like 50% of divorces now include that it is as a result of things on social media uh, the, uh, when there's been infidelities. And I, so I always, it just makes me shake my head when I think, how can these people not know that someone is going to find out that they're searching around on Facebook for someone? It's just, first off, it's so easy to keep track of stuff. The cash that you've got going on, and I mean, all one has to do, and honestly, when I look at the news, I, I, if it looks like something that is a heinous crime or something that's really nasty, I just I skip by because I'm, I'm looking for things on trends in the world. That's my, that's my quest. But when I see these ministers, when I see these uh, politicians, when I see people who are in high-profile positions still doing stuff that they think no one's going to find out, it, that, that, well, that's what I think is the beauty of the Internet, is that the media is very much controlled. I, I'm sure I do not have to tell you that. And what has happened is now with the Internet, it's like all bets are off, and it's like, yeah, baby, let's just go forward and take all of those things that we know. And here's the thing when, you, when we're talking about the Panama Papers or talking about Unioil, they can't all be lying, right? If we have 11.1 million pages of documents, Chances are some of these, you can't make all of this stuff up. So when I look now at, you know, the, the love life of someone who is trendy, they're probably going to be swiping left and right a number of times. So be it. If someone is the freak, they're going to look for someone who matches up because the, if someone wants to try something that is outside of the, the or in addition to, what someone else might like to try, that does not, that doesn't mean that that's bad. It just means that is their sexual appetite. And for many people, the reason that they want to be or go to a dungeon or go someplace where or be with someone who has similar tastes to them is because they understand the dynamic of what that love life and that sex life is going to be like. So many times, some people will, they'll fall madly in love with someone who, that, that is a person who they know they are not judged about something, and 
thank you. You take me for who I am, period. Now, they may have other partners that may be an open, it may be closed, but the important thing is for them, they feel that they are accepted as they are. So, now, another thing I wanted to look at today is what, so again, as my feeling is your love life and your sex life are not necessarily the same thing at all. And honestly, I just had a uh, conversation, I'm going to have more later this week, with a friend of mine who is gay, and he commented that for many gay couples, he said they're not having sex, but he said they might have, you know, someone do, you know, a hand job on them when they go for a massage, or they might have someone that they meet up with, you know, as a result on, you know, they'll find someone online, they'll go to Grinder, they'll find someone and, and pair up for, you know, a night, whatever it may be. And that is, there's, that is erotic for them versus the love and the stability and the home that they've created with their partner. And this person said, we haven't had sex in years. But he said, but what they did, ta- what he did talk about is how profoundly connected they were from an intimacy standpoint. And I hear that often. And, you know, the, there's a woman that I spoke with, which reminds me, I have got to send that to her, the names of people that would go in. Um, she was wanting to tell people how they could be experiencing this tremendous, Um, orgasms and body orgasms that she had experienced herself. Now, yes, that may be, you know, because she was able to experience it, but I know that people are so unique in what their, how their bodies respond, how their mind responds, that, you know, this is not one size fits all in giving people information on this will work for you, this won't work for you. The same way that when people say they're going to be going to a class on learning how to female ejaculate. No, just don't waste your money. Don't do that. Unless it's something that you know you already experience, then because for some people they think they have to do something that may not be what their body is programmed to do. Now, let's go on to what does your artwork look like? What does your artwork say about your sex life? I have noticed when I have gone into people's homes that some of the people who have the most abstract art, the more avant-garde, bolder colors, bigger, bigger pictures, their sex life, whether it's with their partner or not, they tend to have a robust appetite, and a robust sex life. Now, not necessarily the comment that would I would say is for everyone, but what I do tell people is that once people are comfortable having something around them where when they look at it, it makes their brain feel good. And here's the thing. When you laugh or when something you look at something and it makes you feel good, that stays in your body for hours. The same way, if you look at something and it makes you angry or upset you, that also stays in your body for hours. It's, you know, we are our thoughts. So when you are looking at something that is more expressive, I often find that the people are more expressive verbally and with their bodies. Now, 
what happens if you're someone who likes the old masters? Well, that may mean that you are someone who likes the old masters. Now, let me just add to this that people who like the old masters and, re- and were the people of that time, listen, they had some pretty kinky stuff going on. So they may have looked at these paintings or they may look at those and visually they go, oh, that is what I'm interested in. Yet, that was also a time when, listen, orgies and that type of thing and people who of the upper classes who didn't have to work, what do you think their world was? Their world was about taking care of their sensations, of their self-expression, of things that they were wanting to experience themselves. And they had the means and the ability to do it. So that just because someone likes the classics, it may be that they may also like classics of orgies. Or they may like go-to things that are the, uh, I like this style, and I know that works. I had one woman who said, listen, don't change anything. You know what works, just do it. (laughs) And her husband's like, okay, I won't. Now, let's say that your artwork is those teeny tiny little pictures. Have you ever seen those homes where you've got a gazillion little pictures all over the wall? That, to me, is someone who cannot keep themselves focused. Or someone who covers every single place in their home. See, having ha- I used to have an art gallery. So when I look at hanging artwork, I look at hanging it what the, where the people are in the room at that moment. So, for example, when you walk into someone's dining room and they have their artwork hung at your eye level, let me tell you something. You don't eat standing up, do you? You eat sitting down. So hang them at the level of what the people are doing in the room. But I've seen artwork that has been crawling all over walls, like if there's a 30-foot wall and they've got art all over it. That is someone in my mind who can, A, not make up their mind, is wanting to surround themselves with stuff. It's almost like a hoarder mentality. And what would their sex life look like in that case? They probably don't have a lot of time for it. They probably are more interested in what uh, what's their next sensation for them. And if someone is into things that are all brand new, that is someone who's probably a sculptor and an artist and very sensual. Now, we're coming up to the third break. Uh, check out my website, loupaget.com, and I'll be back right after this break. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years. 
and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One valuable secret to weight loss is to eliminate hunger. If you want to avoid intense food cravings, don't skip meals. Skipping a meal may seem like it's a good thing so that you will eat less. But the truth is, you will probably end up eating more than you usually do. The key is to eat many small meals, like six, instead of three big meals. Consuming regular meals of complex carbs with protein and a small amount of healthy fat will keep your blood sugar stable and you will feel satisfied. I know I run into problems when I don't eat for a while and I am starving. That is when I make bad food choices and overeat. So keep hunger at bay by eating small, healthy amounts every two to four hours. Concentrate on food with staying power. Don't let hunger set in. Eliminate it. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again. Before the break, uh, what we had been talking about, slash what I'd been talking about, is what your artwork says about your sex life and your love life. And... It's a similar, I mean, what I find is that when you see that people become comfortable with something in, on their, on their bodies, you know, the, the style of the clothing on their bodies, you start seeing it in their home as well. So they then start decorating that way or, or changing something to look a little. And many times there are some people who don't want to change a thing. And that's obvious too. That's why we have what we call as vintage clothing, which there are some of us who really like that stuff. Now, what I'd like to talk about in this segment is care and feeding of your sex life and your love life. And again, I'm going to separate them into two categories here. With your love life, it is, that is a little closer to home for most people, and the two of them may be intertwined or they may not. And as I talked about the friend of mine who said he and his partner, they just they don't have sex, you know, and haven't for years. But the intimacy they have and the love they have for one another is extreme. I mean, it's extremely powerful. Yet they're not interested. They, they just assume, you know, the person goes off and does something, you know, discreetly with, you know, someone else. That's not an issue. They have, you know, whether you call it open or whether you say it's, you know, a su- supportive relationship, which interestingly enough, I may have spoken about, I know I did, the article that was in the, uh, I believe it was the New York Times, and they had cited um, 
Dr. Helen Fisher as saying that people in open relationships, she said that never ends well. Well, I have to tell you, I know a number of people who are in open relationships and have been for years, and things are working just fine. Now, so thinking that, you know, you're only going to have, you know, one way, we don't just have one style of relationship. We don't just have one relationship. So how are you taking care of that? What's the care and feeding of your sex life? First thing, let's talk about what kind of shape are you in. Are you comfortable in your body? Do you get winded going up and down the stairs? Well, the more, and I had this conversation with a friend of mine, Tom Reese, and he and I are both on the leadership council for the first endowed chair for the endowed chairs and program in human sexuality at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And Tom's comment was here, let's ease it, let's be really clear. You have got to keep yourself in shape. He said, that will get you hornier than anything. And he said, the more, and it's true, the, the, if you drop off working out for a week, you lose X percentage of your muscle mass and your muscle tone. Now, if you are someone, you know, I'll put myself in that category, I have always been active my entire life. And I will work out. And, but, you know, there's times when I won't work out for an extended period of time. Translation, go to the gym. But I'm always moving. I'm not sitting still. And what that really, what that really does for you is it's like money in the bank. I've already kept my body in really good shape. So that helps with anything that you're doing, whether it's mental clarity, whether it is your focus, whether it is being clear, you know, another thing that a lot of people sometimes don't really pay enough attention to is how can I take care of myself? They might be doing a number of things, but they don't put boundaries in place. They don't say, you know what, I am going to be doing this, and people who end up having the greatest amount of difficulty with that are often women who are mothers because they have so many things that grab at their time they don't have a lot of time to focus solely on themselves. So are you working out? That is going to take care of your sex life and your love life because if you're feeling better about your body, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to walk differently. I, you know, I, I also have the feeling and the awareness that we are all one. We all come from the same place, uh, whether you, know, you call that spiritually or whatever it may be. But in my mind... When I see someone who has, is carrying way too much weight for their body, I, I just wish for them that they could remove that so they can feel better about themselves. Now, another thing, there is a physician who, speaking of um, being overweight, and I talked about this before, he ran a weight loss clinic in, uh, I, think, I believe it was in San Diego area, and people would come, they'd be severely obese, morbidly obese, like 500 pounds, that type of thing. And he said within, he said so within the first year, they would get really good results, they were losing weight, everything was good. But then what would happen is they would leave the program and they'd put the weight back on again. And finally, when he misspoke one question, that was when he found out that 
the weight that the people had put on was as a result of being sexually abused. And what happened is he asked this woman, he was, he was trying to figure out why is his program not working. He just didn't even know that component of it. And he asked this woman, he said, what, a, what weight were you when you were first sexually active? And she said, 40 pounds. And he was like, excuse me? So he repeated, and he goes, what weight were you when you were first sexually active? She repeated it and then burst into tears. At that moment, he then realized he was looking at something so much bigger than what he had ever anticipated. And I will also tell you, I know a number of women and men who were sexually abused as children, and often so sadly it was a relative, because who else has, you know, more immediate access? And in these instances, they ended up gaining a lot of weight, as this one woman said, so I would then be invisible. Now, first off, that's not good for your health, but the real thing is, is it was a protective mechanism. So going back here to care and feeding of your sex life, if you wake up in the morning and you have uh, lemon with some hot water and drink that first off, that is going to energize you in a way you cannot believe. Do you wake up stiff? Are you feeling a little, you know, you're, you're not, or, you know, you, your hips hurt or something like that or your knees? Why don't you consider doing something as simple as it's a, it's a recipe called golden milk. You can go online, and I believe it's Dr. Arjun Kalsa. Or Arjun Singh, anyways, she does a recipe called golden milk. And what it is is turmeric. And the active ingredient in turmeric is curcumin. And it is a phenomenal uh, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral. It is a great herb. And it's the, it's the spice that's used in a lot of Indian food. You can buy the root yourself, grind it up. Uh, I use it in soups. I put it with salads, I put it with salad dressing, and I have to tell you, it takes care of aches and pains because if aches and pains are the things that are stopping you from being intimate or you know, wanting to go somewhere, consider trying golden milk. You can mix it with a good milk, you can mix it with a little honey, and then you put the paste, you make the paste, she'll show you how to do it, and you drink it, and within days you are going to see a difference. What type of food are you feeding yourself? Are you eating too much food before you want to do something? Don't. The, the, you know, the less food, the better. Like if you're going to work out or do something, you're not going to eat a huge monstrous meal because if you're going to go golf, it's going to feel like a basketball in your stomach. And the same thing when you're wanting to be intimate. But if you, if you have food with someone and prepare food with someone, talk about care and feeding of love life and sex life, that is one of the, to me, one of the more seductive and one of the more powerful ways that people can connect and maintain connection. Because it is sort of a, a play between the two of you. Do you do things that, you know, would be intimate for one another? Shoulder rubs, touching one another. As I wrote in, you know, uh, Great Lover Playbook, not being marooned on couches on the other side of the room, but sitting beside one another, touching one another, 
there are so few people that have the permission to touch you, really. And particularly in our society now, we have made it criminal for men to touch. And let's be honest, we are sentient beings. We like, our, we like the sensation. Are you spending time with your partner? Do you check in with them during the day? You are the only one who can make them feel special. Do it. Now, are you clear about what you want? That can take a little more work. You know, it may be that you're not interested in having sex, but you are interested in being really intimate with someone. Be honest about that. And also one of the bigger things to, for the care and feeding of your sex life and your love life, get rid of stress or as best you can, whether that's meditating, whether that is, okay, if it's a glass of wine, whether it is going for a walk somewhere, do something that has you create less stress in your life. That is going to help you immeasurably. So we've talked about what can your clothes tell you about your sex life and love life, what can your art, care and feeding of your love life and your sex life. And then what we also talked about is, you know, I think that decloaking of all of these things, we have a really fabulous world that's coming forward. And people want to be with people, and they want to have people that they love and that they're interested in being around. And we're going to be able to have a lot more of that. Trust me. So thank you for being with me again today. And check out my website, loupaget.com, L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. And I'm going to be putting up some new... um, little mini videos, some things on loose comments on the world, sort of like snapshots. Have a lovely, lovely rest of the week, and I will talk with you next week. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 